0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Good to have you along. Here's uh, here's how we roll. John Pincus on the show tonight, courtesy of Sam Mark Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm. Not in here in Toronto or around here. No, no. Across the country. You can check that out uh, for confirmation anytime. Lots to get through on the show today. The temporary layoffs—we're going to cover that topic today too. It's been a very uh, popular one for the last 48 weeks, that is for sure. John, good morning, pal. How are you?
2: I'm good and glad to be inside. And I, I hope uh, no one listening is uh, <laughs> listening outdoors because it is
1: rough out there. No kidding, man. But, Walking uh, the dog at like 6:30. Thanks, Doug. Ye- Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. You oh, i sleep that you sleep in you a little bugger once in a while? It's not going to happen. But uh, go ahead, pal. What uh, what do you got for us this morning?
2: So I got a few situations that uh, should, be, uh, should be interesting. So uh, the first situation involved an individual who was hired about 10 years ago uh, as a salesperson for a technology company. And this was a job that was mostly commission-based and also had a small salary attached to it. About three years ago, the company decided, as many companies do, Okay, um, everyone's going to need to incorporate, and we're going to start paying you all as quote-unquote independent contractors. But we're going to change some things. We're not going to deduct deduct, a tax from your pay anymore. You're going to have to deal with that yourself. We're also going to have you sign these independent contractor agreements stating that you are no longer an employee, and you have no right to severance, among other things. And you have to buy your own uh, WSIB insurance from now on. Right. So feeling like she has no choice and wanting to keep her job, she signs the agreement. Flash forward three years. uh, Her employment is terminated, and not surprisingly, the company says, well, you're an independent contractor, so you don't get severance, of course. But if you resign this full and final release, we'll pay you the princely sum of $5,000. Well, some of her colleagues started signing this release and saying, well, hey, $5,000 is $5,000. I'm not entitled to it. I'm not entitled to it fortunately for her, she was a listener of the show, and so she gave me a call. And during this call, what what we talked about is, okay, what has really changed since you became a so-called independent contractor, right, using air quotes? Uh, And other than the way she was paid, the fact that she was incorporated, and the requirement for her to get WSIB insurance – absolutely nothing else had changed she was still under their control she wasn't working for anyone else she had to abide by their rules she was subject to their you know bonus policies and disciplinary policies and work policies she was clearly in business for them not for herself she was clearly an employee in every conceivable every important respect this was a sham it was illegal under the employment standards act to say nothing of the tax consequences Uh, And that contract she signed was not worth the paper that it was written on. She was owed her full severance. And for her, that was about $80,000. And this is something we're going to help her negotiate. I don't have to tell you, she was very glad that she did not sign that release. uh, Because for her colleagues, it is too late. Uh, And for listeners, uh, please remember, if you're being treated as an independent contractor and that period ends give us a call. Uh, You know, for for many employees are are misclassified as independent contractors and simply changing the way you are paid uh, does not impact your rights. So don't sign that release. Um, Actually, if you have signed a release for $5,000, you should actually probably give us a call anyway, because that's going to be lower than even the employment standards minimum, uh, which is illegal, uh, but leaving that aside, I mean, uh, you, you certainly do not want to sign a release without speaking to anyone, and that includes a situation where you are an independent contractor.
1: By the way, to reach out to uh, to John any time, Pincus, you can do that, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Tanya, thanks uh, so much for standing by for a moment. How are you? Tanya Hello. there? Hi, there you are. Hello.
3: Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, go ahead. Uh, my husband is going he was working for the company for three years as a company truck driver. Uh he was uh, delivering dangerous goods. And uh he is right now as uh, he is on long term disability and uh er, he was earning seventy five thousand uh, dollars a year. And uh uh, they did offer the seventh package uh, in about seventeen thousand dollars, but uh, I'm just wondering if that's uh, enough and uh, if there's um, if his long-term disability will not be terminated because he still needs some uh, uh, treatments and uh, he's not fully recovered from it.
2: Right. Okay. So there's a couple issues here. So the first issue is. Um, is the severance package, which seems to be about three months, maybe a little bit less than three months' pay, um, is that sufficient? Now, how old is your husband? Forty-two. Forty-two. Okay. Well, three months' pay um, is is probably within the range of uh, severance packages that he may be entitled to. We might be able to negotiate a little bit more. Uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt to call us. But uh, given uh, the nature of your husband's role and and his salary. Three months is is probably right around where he would be owed here. So the severance package um, is um, is actually pretty much within uh, within the entitlement range. As far as the long term disability, remember that is a totally separate issue. Okay, so someone's employment when someone's employment has ended, um, if if they're on long term disability, that does not mean they are no longer entitled to long term disability. As long as he qualifies under the plan, under the policy for long-term disability, his coverage continues beyond the end of his employment. So if his disability coverage ends, you should certainly give us a call. And as as John can tell you, uh, we have a whole show just about disability rights. Uh, And that sounds like something that we we really need to uh, think about here. Uh, you may also want to have your husband give us a call because uh, we may want to look at the way that the severance package um, interacts with the long-term disability policy. Uh, and if they have terminated his employment because he's on a disability leave, uh, the company may be exposed to some human rights damages. Um, and so he probably shouldn't be signing a release until we review that. So, so again, I, all other things being equal, I don't think that's an outrageous severance package. But because your husband's on a long term disability leave, and because you have concerns um, about his um uh, continued coverage, which again should absolutely continue, notwithstanding the termination of his employment, uh, you may want to give us a call
1: okay all right thanks Dania. appreciate that. Thank you very much for your time. Here's how you're going to reach out. I mentioned it uh, once already, but I'll do it again. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one. 5,900, Tanny, email address to get a hold of John and the team is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And, uh, you know, for that matter, for all things uh, employment law, you need more information on your own even before the phone call. Uh, it's it's uh, ca is the website you want to use. What's the uh, what's the other matter you wanted to talk about, John?
2: Yeah, so the, the second situation involved an individual who'd been working for a company for about 30 years, uh, wow. most recently as a customer manager. That that was his title, customer manager. His employment was recently terminated, and he was offered 14 months pay. So he went on pocket employment lawyer, severance pay calculator right away. He knew he was going to be owed much more than that. He was going to be owed anywhere from 20 to 24 months of his pay and benefits. That seems straightforward enough, but as I always do, I started going through with him whether there was anything else he might be owed, outstanding bonuses, outstanding wages, etc., and he, went to, and he said to me, well, actually, you know what? I've been working about 50 to 60 hours per week, and I was never paid overtime for that, which always seemed unfair. Uh, but they told me I was a manager, and I was not entitled to it. And that was my title. And I went on the Ministry of Labor's website, and sure enough, it says managers don't get overtime. Uh, but I went into it with him a little further, and I said, well, does anyone actually report to you? No. Does any? Do, do you actually have authority to delegate any work to anyone? No. No. Do you schedule anyone or discipline anyone? No. And and we started going through what managerial duties do you actually have? And he had none of these things. He wasn't really a manager at all. They were just calling him one as a basically a fancy title. Uh, this means he was going to be owed his overtime, and in fact, because he had to enter all his hours into the company's system for all the years he was employed, it was going to be very easy for us to force the company to produce those records and show exactly how much overtime he should have been paid. Uh, so this is going to be a significant amount because he's been doing this for a, about the last five, six years, and we're going to help him get that overtime paid. So the lesson here is make sure you keep track of all your overtime. Now, this person was lucky they entered it into the system. And if that's what you're doing, that's great. But if you don't have records and you just come to us and you say, well, you know, I'm pretty sure I was working 50, 60 hours, it's going to be very hard to get you that paid. So you want to be keeping track of it and ideally submitting it to your employer, even if they're not paying it. Um, And you want to deal with this uh, hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: Want to get to, uh, let's get to Jack here. we got about a minute or two before we break. Jack, what's uh, what's going on with you this morning?
3: Uh, good morning. Good morning. It's, uh, regarding my, my wife, she's been um, with this company for about uh, 25 years. She's uh, vice president of sales and marketing. It's not the job, it's the issue, it's the environment. The person she reports to who's the president has been undermining and all kinds of different emotional things that's been going on. And my wife you know, wants to quit. I said, no, you're not going to quit. There must be something here legally that we can do moving forward. So that, that's really my question. Is there, is there something here that she can look at from an environment point of view?
2: Well, uh, Jack, it is a difficult situation, but it's certainly one that she should uh, – I-, I wouldn't simply quit. I mean, if she is right. really being compelled to leave because of the way she's being treated – Uh, then that is a situation where she probably should be pursuing a severance package. Now, before she does that, um, if she is able to stick around, if it, if it hasn't reached uh, the point where it's, it's intolerable, uh, ideally the first thing she would do is report it. And of course, report it to someone who is not the president. So ideally someone, hopefully there's an HR department, HR manager, someone else she can speak to so they can start an investigation. Um, And then Um, If they refuse to investigate or they don't investigate it properly um, and they don't remedy the situation, her case for constructive dismissal will become um, a little bit... um a little bit easier. But this is this is a very important conversation, Jack, and, and, and it's one that I, I don't think we'll be able to have before we get on break. So I would strongly, strongly encourage your wife to give us a call because although this is a complex case, it's a difficult situation. Uh, I help many people uh, get out with severance packages in, in situations of poison work environments. So please give us a call. Let's talk about a strategy for your wife.
1: Jack, appreciate your time and the call. I'm going to leave you that number as we get into our uh, first break here: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get to some more. Uh or get to some emails as we continue on here. What you need to know about temporary layoffs is on the way. And the phone lines, of course, top priority. Always call and show live, 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: John Pincus is here uh, commanding the show and giving you the answers of help at employmentlawyer.ca. Okay, temporary layoffs, what you need to know, really, really important and busy topic Especially in the current environment, John, a lot of people have been put on temporary layoff, if not uh, sometime during COVID-19 and the pandemic. They might be shortly as things may not get better in any hurry. But uh, first of all, I mean, break it down. What is a temporary layoff and how is it different than, say, a regular termination of employment or is it?
2: Right. Well, typically, uh, you know, this is a very simple question to answer. And we just say, look, it is the same. If you haven't agreed to temporary layoffs as a term of your employment, a temporary layoff is no different than termination. Now there's been a lot of talk lately about well you know the employment standards act's been amended and COVID-19 pandemic and so there's this notion that these employers have extraordinary new rights to do things that they were never allowed to do before which is basically say well you know what uh we're uh, we're cutting back on our payroll a little bit we want to we want to tighten up because of the pandemic so um uh, you know, you Lucy, or you Dan, you're going to, uh, you're just going to be off on a, on a. We're going to call the leave. We're going to call it a an infectious disease leave, and you're not going to get anything. And oh, the Employment Standards Act says we can do that, so that's it. Well, there's a lot of problems with that. The biggest of which is that if you haven't agreed to that as a term of your employment, um, that is not something that they can do, and that is a constructive dismissal. Uh, and in fact, if you go now, the Ministry of Labour has confirmed that the changes to the Employment Standards Act do not impact the common law. And, of course, they cannot impact the common law. That is a very, very different right, and that is not something the Ministry of Labor deals with. So just like your minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act are not the end of the story when it comes to your severance, the changes and the things that they can do uh, at the Employment Standards Act level don't change your rights if you have not agreed to that as a term of your employment. You know, If you have said at the beginning of your employment, yes, I agree, you can place me on a temporary layoff in accordance with the Employment Standards Act, then you're stuck. That's what you agree right. to. That's the terms of the deal, and they can do that. But if you haven't done that, and uh, most people have not done that uh, because most people don't want to agree to something like that, uh, then they are still going to owe you severance. They can't just leave you in the lurch, uh, and it's going to be exactly the same as you would be entitled to otherwise
1: we are talking about temporary layoffs all that you need to know is an employer allowed to lay off an employee temporarily and, and does this have anything to do with an employment agreement well oh, it has everything to do with an employment
2: uh-huh. agreement right so Strictly speaking, so so like we like I was talking about at the Employment Standards Act level, yes, an employer can place someone on a temporary layoff right now. Uh, most of them, if they are related to COVID nineteen, which is uh, a whole other story, you know what is when is a temporary layoff uh, related to COVID nineteen? But if it is then they can uh, put you on infectious disease, emergency leave, and keep you there until July 3rd of this year, which is a horrible situation uh, for employees to be in. Um, But the good news is, again, if you have not agreed to that as a term of your employment, everything we know about what the law says is that this is still a termination. And if you do not want to be sort of in limbo for that time, then you can say, no, I didn't allow this. I didn't give you... The extraordinary right that you are taking to take away my wages and take away my work and say I'm still somehow an employee um, and so I want my severance and I want to end this employment relationship cleanly uh, and that is a constructive dismissal
1: 416-870-6400 you want to call John ask a question please uh, do it don't hesitate open lines are here if they've been temporarily laid off uh, recently, I guess, uh, or maybe not, you can uh, you can break that down. What should they what should they do? Well, the first thing that
2: you want to think about is this a company that you really want to stay with. If it's a company that you really, really want to just tough it out, stay with them, you're okay. Even if it's until July or, you know, for all we know, it'll be extended even further, you know, 2035. Who knows how long uh, this is going to last for now because they've extended it so many times. But if you want to stick it out with the company, no matter how long it takes, no matter how long you're out of work, then of course you can do that. You don't have to treat it as a termination. Uh, if you want to wait it out to see what happens over the next couple months, as long as you don't give any indication to your employer that you are accepting the change, uh, then you can uh, you can do that as well. But if you really uh, want to get a severance package and you don't have any interest in going back to the company, uh, then what I tell my clients is, well, at that point, you may as well treat it as a termination and pursue your severance package. There's no point in not doing that unless you have an interest in going back at some point and that's where we can help you start getting an adequate severance package what you don't want to do is wait until they call you back go back without saying anything and then all of a sudden this time next year they do it to you all over again
1: so now it becomes okay i don't want to do this i don't want to take it john you've convinced me i should leave It becomes a matter of severance how much are they owed how much are they entitled to well, I, I hope I haven't convinced
2: you that you should leave. Uh, <laughs> what I hope I've convinced you is that if you want to leave, right. uh, that you have a right. Uh, and if that's the case, then uh, as as I'm sure you know, John, we look at the same things that we always look at. Uh, we look at your age, uh, your position, uh, your years of service, uh, and anything that may impact your ability to look for or find work. For some employees, that's going to be three months pay. For some employees, that's going to be two years pay, right? So we, you know, I talked to someone who whose uh, husband was a truck driver that person was probably entitled to about three months pay maybe four months pay uh but for the you know example that i talked about at the top of the hour with the uh, um, with the customer manager i mean that could
1: be two years pay after 30 years well it's quite a bit of money when you think about it right so you just don't want to sit back and you know let it fester is, is there any situations exactly, right? where the temporary laugh is allowed i guess for lack of a better question yeah, there
2: if you have signed an employment agreement that specifically states I agree that you may place me on a temporary layoff as a term of my employment and you have signed that agreement before you started your job or when you got a promotion or a pay raise, then that you're going to be held to that agreement. And there and if you call us and you have signed that agreement and you say, "Hey, I want a severance package," and you've signed a clause like that, I am going to tell you there is nothing I can do. Have agreed to that term. It is a term of your employment. You may not have thought about it at the time. You may not have even read it at the time. But if you signed it, the law says, well, you're stuck with it. So that's why you really, really have to read these things and you have to consider uh, what the employment uh, agreements uh, that you're signing mean for you. And the way to do that is to speak with an employment lawyer.
1: And the way you do that, uh, any time, by the way, to get a hold of John, I'll give it to you again: one eight five five eight two one. 5900 Uh If an employer recalls an employee after that employee has been temporarily laid off, what happens at that point?
2: So that's a really good question, John. And in, in those situations, the first thing we have to do is ask, you know, do you have a good reason to refuse going back to work? You know, maybe they offered you a demoted position. Maybe all of a sudden where you had a fixed schedule before, maybe your your hours are all over the place. Those would be examples of situations that I would say are, are pretty good reasons uh, potentially not return to work if you are so inclined. Maybe you're okay with it. But if you're not, uh, then we would still say that you are still entitled to your full severance because then they haven't really offered you your job back. They've offered you something else. They've offered you something that if they had changed your job like that while you were still employed, that in itself would be a constructive dismissal. So in that case, you're entitled to your full severance. Now, if you don't have a good reason to go back to work, you maybe maybe you weren't getting along with people. Uh, maybe you, uh, you know, you had some unpleasant situation at work that feels unresolved, or maybe you just say you feel like you don't trust your employer anymore. That's typically not going to be a good enough reason to pursue any severance beyond that point. Now, we can still pursue your severance, but it's only going to be up
1: to that day that they recall
2: you back to work in that case.
1: You know, COVID-19, this this pandemic may be a, a special situation for, for temporary layoff. If if it hasn't happened already, if people are listening and their employer comes to them this week and says, you know, sorry, we got to start a round of, of layoffs, everybody. We hate to do it, but, but we got to do it. Can they just say, can an employee say to the, you know, the boss, you know what, normally I would never let this happen, but special circumstance being COVID-19, I want to be a, you know, I want to be a team player. I will let you do this to me one time and one time only. Can they, And can that be something they put into writing so it doesn't become a regular thing? Because as you've mentioned, you know, if you let it happen once and you don't say anything about it, it becomes a regular term of your employment, then there's no going back. Is there that possibility? That's an excellent point, John. And, and actually, that's something
2: that I've, I've spoken with a lot of employees about that, you know, you may be inclined to say, look, uh, I'm working for an employer who was particularly hard hit uh, by COVID-19. This is not a company that is simply cutting back costs and being opportunistic as, as many companies are. Um, this is a company that is really, you know, they were in the The tourism industry or, uh, you know, or the restaurant industry or something that where we're clearly uh, the employer really had no other option or it wasn't imposed on by the employer It was maybe was imposed on by the government. That's a situation where you really may want to think about saying, um, all right, I get it. This is a really uh, special circumstance and I am okay to tough it out this time. But just to be clear, this is a one-time event. I'm not letting you do this again. So if, and hopefully this, you know, everything resolves soon and these businesses start uh, gearing up again and bring everyone back And then, you know, there's some other downturn in business two, three years down the road. They're not going to be able to say, hey, remember when I uh, put you on a layoff during that pandemic? Now I'm going to do it again because you agreed to it. That's what you want to make sure to avoid. So clear communication in writing, in email, uh, just just the way you put it, John, I thought was perfect. Uh, That's the way you want to do it.
1: The way you got to handle those things uh, for sure. I want to bounce over to a, a quick email here before we uh, we take a short break and then we'll move on to you have to do something about it if these are all these uh, important talking points as well. But Craig just chimed in again. It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Craig says, uh, John, my employer just placed me on a layoff and saying it's uh, deemed leave. Whatever that means it says, can I get severance?
2: Well, this is exactly why we're uh, we're on the subject, right? I mean, this is this is a very common question, uh, and it's no no coincidence. So uh, this is the precisely the situation where. You may have a case for constructive dismissal, you know. And 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 Craig, one of the things I'm going to want to speak to you about is, you know, do, are your colleagues still working? Is the company still operating? And if that's the case, uh, then very likely this is going to meet the test for constructive dismissal, um, and you are going to be entitled to a severance package if uh, you are so inclined to seek one. So please give us a call. Go on the severance pay calculator. Your entitlements are going to be the exact same as anyone else, uh, and let's talk about getting you something.
1: Anton uh, writes in quickly says, "Hey guys, uh, I have only been employed for one year. My employer gave me a month of severance. This is way above the Employment Standards Act. Is this a good severance package?" Well, uh, it's going to depend on a lot
2: of things, Anton. I'd say the place to start is the severance pay calculator or the Pocket Employment Lawyer, which you can look up online, uh, and put in your age, your position, um, and the amount of money you were earning. And that should give you a sense of about how much you're owed. And typically, one month of severance package... Very rarely that is going to be adequate. Um, In fact, people with one-year service can often be entitled to six months, even nine months or more pay, depending on the nature of their position and how old they are, uh, among other things. Uh, And the other thing that we would always look at with someone with a short tenure is was this a job they applied to or was this something they were recruited to from another job that they were securely employed at. So lots of things to talk about, Anton. Don't sign that uh, release until
1: you've spoken with us because short service employees – they get uh, potentially significant severance packages too. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people think, well, you know, uh, it's supposed to be a week or two weeks per year, so he's doubled what he should get. So that's a really, really good employer. Not necessarily the case. So again, reach out any time and follow up with that, please. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900, the uh, number to reach John and the rest of the team at the firm and email that we use right there, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get back to it. Lots more employment law show right here on Global News Radio.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Okay, You have to do something about it if. Let's go uh, go through a few of these, uh, these talking points. John, first one is this. you got to do something about it if your employer is building a case against you. What does that mean? Well, typically that means the uh, the three words that we
2: often hear, performance, improvement, plan, or a PIP, right? Uh, often uh, these happen in very quick succession, uh, and if they do, then that's, that's typically a sign that it's likely not being uh, launched against you in good faith. And all of a sudden you're working somewhere for 20 years, and all of a sudden you start getting one warning letter after another. I mean, they're they're doing something likely nefarious in that case. You know, there's there's going to be a timeline. There'll be some allegations against your performance. They'll say, here's a, here's what you've done. Here's what we need you to do. And you know, many of my clients in that situation say, I have no idea where this is coming from. I haven't done anything different than I have I've ever done. So when that happens, you've got to state your disagreement in writing. Don't just sign it and return it. Uh, you know that. The, feels like the impulsive thing to do well. They're asking me to sign. This is my employers. So I've got to sign. No, if they're asking you to sign, it's because they need you to agree to something. And if you, you can never be forced to sign something, remember that because a signature indicates that you are agreeing with something. It indicates that you had a choice. And if you're being forced to sign it, they don't really have a choice. So state your agreement in writing Make it clear that you don't agree that it's reasonable. Now, Maybe the the criticisms are somewhat legitimate. Maybe it's a half-truth. right? Maybe something's affected your performance, like a medical condition. Maybe a new system you're being trained on. Maybe sure. you're having difficulties because you're now working remotely like you've never had to work before. Uh, and, and perhaps they're setting new standards that are unreasonable. And if they're putting you on notice, you put them on notice. And make sure that you do so uh, in a respectful and a civil manner, uh, but do it in writing.
1: Rob, thanks for standing by.
3: Hey there. Um, I've been, um, how you guys doing?
1: Good pal. What's up?
3: What's up? Great. Um, yeah. So I've been employed for, um, for about six or seven years with a employer. Um, I've currently been laid off with the idea that I'm going to be hired back in a, in a, in a few months. Um, I'm just wondering, given my situation, am I giving up my, um, my right to a severance package down the road or how should I handle this in the situation where I intend to go back, um, I'm just wondering if I'm giving up any of my rights in regards to severance if I ever get laid off down the road.
2: Right, right. Very common question. Very good question, Rob. So I, I take it that you're you're basically willing to tough it out and, and go back because uh, you're expecting it to go back in the near future. Yes. Okay, so that's that's perfectly fine. There is a way to do this. What you do is when you go back, you say um, – and, and you can do this in email. Uh, just make sure you do it in writing somewhere. Say, you know, I'm, I'm excited to go back. I'm ready to go back just to be clear. You know, I, I just want to make it clear with you. And you don't have to do it formally. You don't have to, you know, write it like a lawyer or anything. You just say, you know, I've, I've never agreed to layoffs before. This was a one-time thing. Um, I was okay with it because we're in an extraordinary situation but I, I, I want to make it clear that I'm not okay with this becoming a regular thing. I'm not okay with this happening again. So um, if you are in a position where you need to lay me off again in the future, I'm still accepting a severance package. I just want to be clear about that. That being said, I'm happy. To, I'm, I'm excited to go back. And, uh, as again, as a one-time exception, I'm okay to do this.
1: Right. Just make you sure you
2: do it in writing. The, the, the message is pretty basic, right? Okay for yeah. now, not okay in the future. As long as that message is clear, you're good.
3: Yes, I guess the the second level to uh, to it is um, my pay structures also change when I go back. Are you guys okay. there? Yeah, and, ha- yep, and 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 also I will be laid off again next next uh, the end of next fall. So that is the idea of my of the of the new pay structure that I'm getting a significant raise. Right. But this is the idea is that next when things get slow again I will be laid off again for three or four months and then rehired back right so I'm just wondering in this process which I'm okay with um, am I losing my right to my severance down the road if there's a permanent situation where I'm laid off
2: no no because <laughs> it's all about communication right it's all about what have the terms of your employment become? Because you can make it as long as that arrangement is, is legal and complies with employment standards and human rights legislation, etc. You can really conclude basically any agreement that you want with your employer. Right? You just have to make sure that you're both on the same page. So you can tell your employer, you know, in addition to this, I understand and I accept that on a one time basis. Um, you're going to uh, lay me off in the fall and call me back. Again, this is a continuation of this one-time exception that you're doing now. So I'm going to do, I'm going to come back to work. I'm going to have this increased pay structure. You're going to lay me off again. You're going to bring me back. But after that point, I want to make it clear. uh, And I want to make it clear now that this is really just going to be a one-time thing. This is not going to be something that's going to continue to happen into 2022 and beyond. And when you come back... After the second uh, layoff on consent, you want to make sure to reiterate that. Say, okay, great. I'm coming back to work. As I said before, uh, this was a one-time thing. Let's just be clear. Let's make sure we're on the same page. I'm not okay with this happening again in the future. This was really a one-time thing. And then you've basically concluded an agreement with your employer that temporary layoffs are not okay. right? You've explicitly made an agreement with your employer that you are not agreeing to temporary layoffs. And if they don't object to that, uh, then – then you're fine. The problem becomes if they come back and they say, "Well, you know what? We really can't commit to that, Rob. We might have to do it again." And if you go back, despite them saying that, that's when you're really opening the door for this to happen again and again and again.
3: I guess, yeah. And I'm, I guess that's the thing is that I am okay with the structure. I just am wondering. So you're just saying re-up that, that letter every year, just say, hey, is this a one-time thing, and then redo the letter again next year? Hey, this is just a one-time thing, and then when it happens – because I've worked for this company for, for seven years and, and want to and will continue to work for them into the future. Um, well, well I no, I would day. say
2: – yeah, I would yeah. say that's different. I mean if it, become, if it becomes a situation where you're doing it every year and you're writing for yeah. them every year and saying this is a one-time thing, this is a one-time thing, this is a one-time thing – it, right, I right. think at that point, it's going to be difficult to say, you know, one year, uh, you can't do it because then the company will say, well, you know, you always agreed to it. So why should we think that you were going to agree to it? Any treat it any differently this year? So if it's, Ooh. if it's getting to the point where it's happening again and again, um, that's when, um, I think you're really risking it becoming a permanent term of your employment despite your objections. So you might be able to do it once, maybe even twice if you're very clear about it and if you can, you know, link it to the uh, special circumstances of the pandemic and the special impact that the pandemic has had on this particular company. Uh, But beyond that, if it's happening again and again, I think it's going to become a term of your employment that layoffs are just part of the deal.
1: Rob, appreciate the call. we got to run, slide into a break. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640
1: Toronto. You have to do something about it if, uh oh love this one. You're offered a new employment agreement. How about that?
2: Right. So, you know, the funny thing is we're usually talking about employment agreements in the context of termination clauses, right? A clause that's going to limit your entitlements. And you've got a lot of that uh, this year, some new laws uh, coming down about what constitutes an enforceable termination clause, and a lot of employment agreements are no longer enforceable. So you've got a lot of those, uh, a lot of employers trying to give uh, new employment contracts and Mm -hmm. slip those in um, to get uh, their employees to agree to massively reduce their severance entitlements. But of course, there's the other issue, like the one we were just talking about with Rob and with other callers today, which is, um, temporary layoff provisions. So an employer says, here's $500 and uh, here's a 10 page document. And clause A, I you know, point 0.3 is, oh, by the way, you agree to temporary layoffs as a term of your employment, right? And you and you've completely missed it. You thought, oh, $500, that's great. All of a sudden uh, your employer has extraordinary uh, new rights to uh, terminate uh, your employment without paying you severance uh, for a, a temporary period of time. So these are the things you got to watch out for. Uh, signing uh, and being offered a new employment agreement. And remember, you don't have to sign. Right. Right.
1: right. So they should, uh, if you don't have to sign, you simply say what to your employer? Well, I mean, first they should obviously call you and just, you know, let you have a, have a quick glance over it to see if there's any things that are going to cause some serious problem for you in the, in the future near or otherwise. But after that's been done, how do they handle it with their employer? Well,
2: a uh, simple thanks, but no thanks, right? Like I've reviewed the agreement and I'm not interested in signing it. Now, A lot of people say, well, can my employer terminate me if I do that? And yes, of course they can, but they can always do that, right? And remember, they can terminate your employment if you do sign it, and they're putting these terms in because they're contemplating the possibility of having to do that. So at least if they terminate your employment after you haven't signed, you're still going to have your full entitlements, and they're not going to get all these uh, extraordinary rights that they've put in that employment agreement. Uh, They certainly will not have... Just cause because the whole thing that uh, in, in giving you an employment agreement is that they're asking you for your permission to do something because, of course, they need your permission to do that. And if you decide not to give them that permission, that's your right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to call through. Still got a, a couple of minutes here. 416 870 6400 is the way to do that. You have to do something about it if you experience harassment at work.
2: Right. We had a call about that today also, yep. uh, a, a gentleman who's, whose wife uh, has been experiencing what sounds like a, a very, very unpleasant situation at work. Uh, and I, I really hope they give us a call because a VP after 25 years, you can imagine the severance entitlements there, if a constructive dismissal can be made out, uh, would be significant. Now, this is a difficult uh, issue. This is one of the most difficult issues to go through and, and typically requires a long conversation to go through everything uh, but it's it's one of the most important situations ever because it often uh, can can uh, have an impact not just on uh, your ability to work but on your mental well-being. So make sure you're speaking to your manager, your human resources manager, or uh, in the case of a small business, talk to the owner. It's tougher with a small business, especially if the owner is the person who's giving well, you yeah. a hard time. But right, right. then then you have to you know you have to con- in that case your only option is to confront the person that's giving you such a hard time. Take notes of everything, dates, times, details, what was said, who said it. Um, ideally, send that out by email, and email is going to be timestamped. It shows that you put them on notice that you're having these issues. Follow up with complaints. Um, if it's a large organization, make sure that you, know, you are asking for an investigation for them to deal with this. Uh, but above all, do not leave before you speak with them if you leave without speaking uh, with an employment lawyer, that very well may end up being a resignation and you have lost your entitlements. If you're going to leave, uh, it should be as an absolute last resort after everything else has failed. And if you've decided you're going to leave, talk to us and let's make
1: sure you leave the right way. And that's the thing. If it's a, a small employer or even a big one, and your supervisor is the one's doing the harassing, they got to reach out to you, John, because you're 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 the next step. They don't know where to go. It's like the guy I'm supposed to report to is the one that's uh, to blame for this, so they should reach out to uh, to you as well. I want to get to uh, to an email here as we as we continue on. Christine writes in says, "Hey, John, good morning. What do I do if I'm not feeling safe and going into the workplace? I assume this might be COVID-19 related, right?"
2: Yeah, typically, um, you know, assuming that Christine's question is COVID nineteen related, or, or really any other hazard in the workplace, you know, the first place to go is always your employer, right? Tell your employer your concern. Tell them that uh, you are uh, you are worried about this. You're not comfortable with this. What are you going to do to fix it? If your employer doesn't fix it uses to fix it, takes a half measure in fixing it, the next place that you go is the Ministry of Labor and get an occupational health and safety officer to make an order uh, or to make the decision whether an order has to be made regarding the the situation. Uh, And if they make an order, then you wait until the employer complies with that order and then you go back to work. If the occupational health and safety officer decides that actually the workplace is perfectly safe, that's the end of it. At that point, you have to go back to work. And if you don't go back to work, that will be abandonment of employment. So make sure you follow that process and be aware that if the Ministry of Labor determines that it's safe, that's kind of the final word on mm-hmm. it. Um, and you, at that point, you really do have to, to go back to work.
1: Let's finish off with uh, Rose's email. says, hey, guys, I've become very sick, and I don't think I will ever be able to return to work. What should I tell my employer?
2: Well, before going to your employer, the first place you should be going is your doctor doctor is the one who's going to be able to determine uh, whether you are able to go back to work in the foreseeable future. And if the answer to that is no, then firstly, if you haven't already, you certainly want to be applying to any long-term disability benefits if you have a long-term disability benefits plan. That's number one. That's most important. Second thing is that if you can never return back to work and you have a doctor's note confirming that, then um, you won't be entitled to your full severance entitlements, but you will still get your minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. So if your employer is refusing to pay you even that, then that's something to talk to us about.
1: And we'll uh, we'll leave it there for there for another morning, guys. John, good stuff, and appreciate your phone calls and emails this morning. If you didn't get a chance to call through, you can always follow up with John at... Uh... At your own pace, that number is simple, 1-855-821-5900, 821 5900 Feel free to use that. The email we refer to every show is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you just go to employmentlawyer.ca, by the way, that is the website. will lead you to our long-running TV show of this nature as well. Talk about employment law. On the, uh, on the small screen. And then finally, the website that's oh so useful, absolutely free and anonymous, like having a lawyer with you, 24-7, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So check it out next time. And we'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.
0: The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.